Hey guys, how you doing? This is JP Saricolia coming to you once again with another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast. Welcome. And today I want to share something that has been on the news uh, since last week. Uh, but of course, you know, with all the coverage of, uh, um, in this case, uh, Comic-Con, so the Comic-Con, of course, is kind of like, it's been on, on, the, on the back room. And But I've been thinking about it since last week, since I, I read the news and I seen some different outlets, news outlets, and also see some different channels on YouTube expressing uh, their feelings about it. But I want to express mine in my podcast. I want to talk about this. So I'm grateful that I have the opportunity now. And this is a recently, for those uh, that need to know exactly what it is, uh, recently, um, uh, Alan Moore, the great Alan Moore, um, the creator of Viva Vendetta and um, The Watchmen, the writer of those, uh, you know, marvelous stories, those, you know, great uh, comic book stories. He declared, or he said that he's going to fully retire from the comic book industry. He's not going to work anymore. He's not going to write anymore. So, of course, a lot of people went online to express their their dissatisfaction with that, uh, their sadness about it, more than their anger, because I, I know a lot of people love him. Uh, I've seen so many different articles. I read one that actually is the one that I'm basing my information today because I really like the way it was uh, centered. I like the information that was provided by The Guardian. Uh, and definitely was interesting. Um, really interesting. You know, I can tell you one thing. Alan Moore is such a polarizing persona. He is a, a weird dude. He is a guy that has done so many stuff that it can be considered masterful, but also a lot of stuff that can be considered trash. And um, there are a lot of, uh, you know, I would say mixed emotions uh, in regards to what he has done. And, you know, I, I can say that I share the, those feelings. I can share some gratitude for a lot of stuff he has done, but also a lot of the satisfaction for stuff that he has done or the way he has impacted, even unwillingly, because he was not looking for it, impacted the comic, comic book industry uh, after his, his work, uh, particularly with Watchmen. You know, everything that came after Watchmen, uh, the impact that he had socially and culturally uh, in comics, definitely, uh, and it was not something that he was looking for. It really has, I would say, kind of uh, damaged in, in one way, the way comics are perceived and the way comics have been done. And definitely, I don't think that it's something that it has to do with him or something that he was looking for, but something that the, the response of the industry to his work, I think is what really has, I would say, cemented and in some ways have kind of put the blame on him, but necessarily he um, he is the person to blame for, um, I would say, the state of the comic books today, him or Frank Miller. I think it's more a response to it rather than their work and what they were trying to achieve when they were doing their work. So I want to explore all of that today. Now, I want to go back to the beginning. Um, uh, I, I would say that um, Watchmen, for example, I'm going to use this. It's my most popular, one of my most popular videos in my channel. It's one of the reasons I have, I would say, more followers than I did. You know, I only had a handful of followers when I started my channel because I was doing statue reviews and stuff like that, which I love. But it's when I started making book reviews that my channel grew. You know, it's not a, such a huge channel, but I get so many followers because of my book reviews. Uh, and uh, the biggest book reviews that I have, or the biggest videos in my channel, some of the biggest, I have a few, but um, it was, of course, Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man, which was the first book review that I did. But the second one that follows, it was not the second book review, but it was, you know, a few months afterwards, it was Watchmen. Up to this day, it's one of the most requested videos. It's one of the, at the top list of the most watched videos. Still people watch it up to this day. 
every week I respond to comments. It's been doing it. It's been over five years and still respond to comments because people watch it uh, and they love the, 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 in this case, the extended trail, uh, uh, I would say video, you know, the in-depth review. And uh, they share how impactful this book has been to them. And, and I'm very grateful for that uh, because definitely it's something that um, that has built my channel in one way. But um, but in many ways, it's one of the books that I like I shared in that video. Uh, I was not a fan when the first time I read it, uh, I, I found it too overblown. But it took me a couple of years. Uh, years later, I read it again and it took me really it took me by surprise then. I was more mature as a person, and I could see a lot of the things there. You know, as when you're young, you're an idealistic. When you're young, um, also, you know, you are. Uh, you don't. You 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 don't have the patience to go through the process of a lot of things. But as you get older, you start gaining some experience in life, and you start seeing the the reality of life. And then, of course, some things can match up better. And I felt that when I read Watchmen during that time, um. I felt the connection. I felt that it was more connected to what I was going through. And it was really, really impactful uh, for me. And you know what? After that, I have read that book several times. Uh, and every time I read it in a different stage of my life, uh, I found something different that I didn't see before. Uh, and which is, uh, you know, something so masterful about this book. Uh, and, you know, there are not many books like that in the comic book industry. There are a lot of novels. There's a lot of stories. There's a lot of great comic book stories, but none of them as you know, are so full of layers as Watchmen. And it's not the only one, you know, he has done, he has been impactful in so many stories. He has created so great stories like V for Vendetta. I don't consider V for Vendetta as a big or as important as Watchmen or as good as Watchmen, but it's also uh, one of his, uh, one of his masterpieces. Uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, a fantastic book. Uh, you know, they he's still running, even though it's late. I always late. It's always late. Uh, but definitely, there's not, not only that. There's so much there's much stuff he he did. You know, even prior to he became to the United States with Watchmen, started doing that. He was just already a star, even though with a small following, but still a star with uh, 2000 AD. You know, things like that in in in, um, in England and and a lot of things that he has done over the years. Uh, great stories, a lot of stuff that he, he has deconstructed the superhero genre and reconstructed in different ways. He has expressed a lot of uh, ideas that they were pretty much unknown or they were not as popular, and he popularized them. At least his work popularized it, and DC took advantage of that. Now, I want to clarify also that this is not the first time that Alan Moore has said that he is going to retire. He has said that several times in the past. This is nothing new. It was kind of funny. A lot of people kind of responding to it yeah, last week, expressing their sadness about it through all the media and all that, which, you know, I kind of understand because some people, you know, are grateful for his stories. But I would say that he's been doing that. This is probably the seventh time he has said that uh, or more. You know, he has said that. I think he said that every couple of months. And if you follow him, you know, he always saying something like this. Uh, Until I, I see it, I will believe it. You know, he has said it many, many times. And he's been retired from comic book stories from quite a while. So it's like he's been doing other type of stories. You know, his collection of stories, there's, you know, you know, many escape my mind right now, but he has done so many different ones. Some are good and some are terrible. But definitely what, what really I really appreciate about Alan Moore is his ability to really be a chameleon. You know, he changes colors very quickly. And he goes, he can play devil's advocate so quickly. He can do something and all of a sudden the next story or the next uh, piece of work is going to be kind of like going against what he said on the previous one. 
because he kind of had this 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 idea as they kind of interject each other and can fight with each other and he kind of is a defender of them he's a pretty much a believer of things and an unbeliever of everything and this is something that really amazes me about the man i could tell you one thing i don't agree with all his stance on a lot of issues uh, in a lot of political views and also social, emotional views and even religious views. But I do, I can see and I can appreciate his honest opinion. I appreciate his honesty, his candor. I appreciate that he's the type of person that when he creates something, he's not really looking forward to for the for the masses to accept the work. He's not you know doing it just because he's looking for the adulation. He's doing it because he loves to do it. And, uh, and this is the passion of his life is to create stories, intertwine stories with one another, really create characters and really also, you know, give you that, you know, the, you know, ask those questions without really giving the answers, but just present the questions about life. And I appreciate that. I think that's something that is so it's missing in comic books. We get so many writers. There are many writers, and people love them and all this. But most of them, have, I can say, they've been caught on that, on the, that school of thought, or perhaps they're just trying to be copycats. You know, why, you know, this is the thing with Alan Moore is that he has so many copycats. Many people are trying to be like him. You know, and uh, you know, Morrison, one of them too. All of them want to copy his work, but none of them can do it as well as he does. Uh, even when he does, even his worst jo- work. Even his most pathetic work, I'm going to use this expression, is better than most of the new writer stuff, uh, which is amazing um, because it's engaging. Even though I might not agree with what he does, he knows how to engage the audience. And another great aspect of his work, he likes to have that control when he's creating something, even in the art part. So many of the artists that have been part of his work, you know, like Gibbons, for example, uh, they have, you know, rise to the challenge and have provided some of the most beautiful art that accompanies his writing. And I think the whole package makes great stories. And uh, I think he's a great storyteller. Uh, and, and he knows what he wants and he envisions that and he puts that on paper. And uh, I think the artists are able to match up with his vision. And I think that's the, the, the big part of the great part of what he has done over the years. Now, last week... There was a trailer at San Diego Comic-Con uh, from the upcoming HBO series, uh, The Watchmen. And I saw the trailers, and a lot of people were so they were so happy about it. A lot of people online, they were like crazy. People even comments like, saying that this is the greatest thing ever. They're happy with HBO. The reason they keep HBO, it was a dark trailer, all that. This The, the right tone, all that. That's what they were saying. And I was watching it, and I was like, okay. I just found it so dissatisfying and unappealing. I found like it's a travesty of the of the, of Watchmen. That, to be honest with you, what I love about Watchmen is because it's a story that has a beginning and an end. It is uh, the story of superheroes that are jaded. You know, they are already depowered. You know, even though they have powers, they are depowered to do what they have to do by society, by the government, and they don't want to do it anymore. Uh, but they brought into together to solve a last mystery. And ultimately, the end is the end, and the life goes on. They move on with their lives, and that's about it. Rorschach doesn't make it out. So if you're trying to expand on this and try to create a story, what happened in the aftermath, the world takes it in a different direction, it goes all every, It goes against everything Watchmen stand for, and it's so sad. Uh, you know, I understood, you know, before Watchmen, even though I wasn't a fan of much of the stuff, I love some of the art there, was good. But the stories were, you know, boring. 
Um, but definitely I feel that now with this and the expansion of it, you know, DC has milk money out of this for years, you know, with special editions, reprints, all that kind of stuff to the dismay uh, and the dissatisfaction of Alan, you know, Alan Moore. You know, he's never been happy about it. You know, they, they created the movie. They got the graphic novel, the visual graphic novel as well, on DVD, all that stuff. They have done all kind of all sort of things that have taken away the re- beauty of this the piece of work. And they continue to do so. Now with HBO, now we know that they're also they're working in a new project, which is the next thing, which is going to be the continuation of Watchmen, the next chapter. And what they're trying to do is connect these heroes with the DC universe, which is really pitiful. You know, because that was not the intent of Alan when he created the story. He wanted just to make a concise story, a single story that has no, I would say that that has no repercussions towards the future. It's just a story in itself. It's self-contained, which makes, uh, you know, the story so great and really a beautiful written story uh, with beautiful art. Some of the best art you can find in comics. And definitely it's sad to see the way the commercialism has taken into comics to a point where it is disconstructed. And Alan has been critical about it uh, for many years. He has mentioned this, how these comics are written for a more mature audience. And, uh, you know, he has done stuff that is very mature as well, you know, you know, but he's saying it. And definitely when he plays devil's advocate, he is fantastic. He's phenomenal. You know, I can tell one thing. I don't agree with everything he has ever said. And everything he has ever done. Uh, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he does. His political views, his religious views, emotional views, social views, all of that. But I can thank him for being an honest person. And I can thank him because I don't think he's looking for the adulation. Although sometimes it appears that he enjoys that too. Uh, You know, you know, he kind of, you know, enjoys that, you know, the opportunity of, you know, even by denigrating his own work, he's adulating himself. But he does that all the time, uh, which is okay. Um, but I enjoy everything he has done. Again, he has never said, he has said many times that he's going to retire. You know, he's going to do it, but he continues on. He continues creating work because he's creative. He's an artist, you know, and I don't think an artist can simply walk away from creating art. Whether he does that in comments, whether he writes novels, whether he does anything, he's going to continue being a force, uh, an impactful force and a voice uh, uh, among the generation. You know, he's the most stellar writer of his generation. And I don't think anybody can come closer. You can say that Grant Morrison is close, but he's not even on the same plane, in my opinion. He's never been. You know, there's a lot of copycats. He's one of them. But I don't think he has been able to do it. But I think what uh, what makes the difference for Alan is that he's not in, in interested on the on people liking his work. And that's the difference. He's not interested on really making a name for himself because he already does have a name. But I think he's more interested on really creating a story that really touches the subjects he believes in. He believes in his work and he approaches that, you know, with candor. And sometimes that candor also leads to some stories that can be uh, jaw dropping. And sometimes some, some stories are really hard to follow. But it's because he's just simply uh, allowing his mind to work and he's creative in that sense. And sometimes being creative means that you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but you embrace those mistakes even in, in, in the best of times and even the worst jobs, the best work you do, you embrace it. I can tell you one thing that I have done a lot of things in this channel, a lot of videos for all kinds of things. And uh, some of those are pitiful videos, but I embrace them. Because you grow in the process and it really kind of, it makes me, uh, my artistic uses 
you know, flow. And I feel that that's something that every person can learn from Alan. Now, if he retires or not, that's just a matter of time, you know, to know for sure. I doubt it. He has said it many times before. This is not the first time. Everybody can go into panic mode. You know, the news shows a, a travesty of, you know, his work. And I don't support that kind of thing. Um, some people say, well, you need to move on with the times. But I say, whatever. You, know, you can just simply embrace something. I love the word for what it is. You know, I'm not a purist. I'm not a perfectionist. I don't I just have a person that live in the past. You know, I'm really progressive in so many different ways. But sometimes I realize that there are things in life. There are things in life that are better just to let, you know, left on touch. Just leave them on touch. Leave them the way they are. And embrace that for what they are. And create something new. I think we need more Alan Moores in the world. We need more people like him. More creators like this. Um, some people always say that he is the reason why comics are so bad or comics are so dark nowadays. I wouldn't say so. Um, I don't think he is the one that make comics dark. Comics were already dark by the time he was writing stuff. I think the problem was not him. The problem was, in this case, the companies, DC, Marvel, these publishers that they saw that people were loving the darkness and they embraced darkness and they that's what they try to push. And they brought so many copycats and they brought so many stories that they were just, you know, really travesty stories that were just a pitiful representation of their heroes you know just with the watchman tone you know a lot of the stories are really dark and batman and superman all the stories that were so dark just because they want to kind of you know copy that success that was what you know watchman was and still is up to this day but of course that's just my opinion uh i, I have much much to thank him uh, and also much to say that he messed up you know uh, you know i don't have a problem with that you know, I don't praise him as God, as some people say. You know, I see people saying that he is the God of comics, also with Grant Morrison, which Grant Morrison, not even, you know, I don't think he's at the same level. I never believed that. Um, but, you know, I understand why people, how people feel about certain things, but I don't think he's a God, you know, or a God in comics. I think he's just human, you know, and, and I appreciate that his humanity is reflected, you know, with his flaws, with his abilities, his gifts, but everything that he is, encompasses his work and I appreciate that I appreciate his sincerity his honesty his candor I appreciate that he is now uh, holding punches and uh, he's just being himself and being honest you know and being real you know and I feel that that's something that we need more now more than ever in comics yes comics are mature and they're more mature now than they ever were and you know thinking that they will go back to you know kids age it's kind of like you know i have talked about it in the, here in this podcast before and it's important for them to create comics for children but i believe that some of those comics are more mature they still need to be created and they need to be done you know for the more mature older audience uh i think that there's space for everything there is a, a, a you know time and a place for all these pieces of work. And I think we need to be more engaging with all the different audiences. But that's just my opinion. What is yours? I would like to hear it. Please don't forget, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please leave a like. Uh, also leave your comments, uh, your opinion. I would like to hear it so I can have a conversation with you. Um, don't, if you're watching this for the first time, you can follow me. Please subscribe to the channel. I have all kind of content here. If you're listening to the podcast through iTunes, Teacher, Spreaker, CastBox, uh, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, uh, you know, iHeartRadio, all of those uh, places, uh, please uh, also subscribe to that. If you want to leave a comment, you want to share, uh, uh, you know, share it through social media, Facebook, Twitter, all of those links are down below. 
uh, you, you can also go come there and you know leave your comments if, uh, you know whatever you how you feel about my podcast and what is your opinion I definitely would like to have a conversation with you so once again God bless you my friends I'll talk to you again bye bye <laughs>